When you're in Christ, believing in Him, walking in Him, abiding in Him, you can't help but come back because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. This message is entitled Setbacks and Comebacks. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Welcome to our Easter service 2020. We're so glad that you're here. and We've had a great time of worship. And before we get into God's word today on this Resurrection Sunday, let's take time to pray. Lord, we thank you so much that we can come together on this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, to remember and celebrate that you are alive. And I pray that in these next few moments, as we take time to study your word, we ask you to speak to every heart and every life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm sure that you're feeling the uniqueness of this Easter. I've never had an Easter like this before. Obviously, we're all social distancing, but I want to remind you that even though you're social distancing, you're not distant from God. He's right there with you. And today on this Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to draw your attention to a message that I'm calling Setbacks and Comebacks. Say that with me, Setbacks and Comebacks. I'm going to take you to a story in the New Testament that you may be familiar with, maybe not, but it's a story of a man who experienced a tremendous comeback in his own life, actually a resurrection in his own life. And from this story, the story of a man by the name of Lazarus, we're going to learn some things about Jesus and his resurrection as well. I believe this message will be very helpful to you in your life today. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 11, John chapter 11. I'm going to read a number of verses from John chapter 11. We'll jump around just a bit. So start with me in John chapter 11, verse number 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now Judea was where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. So they're heading back there after two days of delay. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So by the time that Jesus gets back to, to Judea, to the, to the home there in Bethany, Lazarus was no longer sick, he was dead. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, notice these words, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 38, Jesus once again, once more moved deeply, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone, stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead, the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. 
Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. I want to take a few moments and talk to you about three things that we learn from the story that points us to the resurrection of Jesus and what he's done for us by being alive, by coming up out of the grave. But there are three key lessons that I think will be very practical for your life right now, whatever you're facing in your life right now. Number one, you and I need to, to realize that setbacks in life are very, very real. People, we all experience setbacks. The story that I just read for you, it's, it's a lot of things, but one thing it is, is the story of a setback, a terrible setback in a family. We see that Lazarus, this friend of Jesus, was sick. His, his two sisters, Martha and Mary, were very concerned about him. And so they sent word to Jesus. They summoned Jesus to come to, the, to their aid. And in this moment, Jesus made a decision. He delayed coming. An interesting decision that he made we'll talk about in just a few moments. And in the meantime, in the delay of those two days before Jesus came and made his journey back to Bethany, Lazarus now has gone from sickness to death. He's now died. And so we see a situation where things that were bad now become worse. And not only was he dead, but they had to bury him, obviously, very quickly. And so he's now in a tomb. And by the time that Jesus arrives, he's been in the tomb for four days. So he's decaying. And Mary and Martha are grieving and they're questioning, why, why, why? If you'd been here, Jesus, this would not have happened. This was a major setback for this family. It was a terrible set of circumstances. They were in great grief and in great pain. And even though they had appealed to Jesus, it seemed like that Jesus had let them down. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in a situation of life, and obviously we're all facing difficulties right now in this situation that we're going through from a medical and health standpoint, but maybe there are other things going on in your life that you feel like, I've just gone through a setback, and it seems like I've appealed to Jesus and summoned to Jesus to come to me, but it seems like I'm not hearing from Him or seeing His work. And life can be very hard at times. Life is hard because difficulties in life are very real. All of us face difficulties. And disappointments are real. Mary and Martha were facing di disappointments in their life as well. And they're very real. Maybe you're going through a, a difficulty or a disappointment in your life. Pain is very real. We all feel pain in our souls. And delays are real when we want God to come and help us in certain times. And it seems as though we're waiting and waiting and waiting. I want to remind you today that setbacks are very real. Maybe you've gone through a setback. Maybe you're in the midst of a setback in your life right now. It's very, very real, very painful, very disappointing. The second part of the story I want to give you today is this. When we're going through setbacks, we need to remember that help is available. In the midst of setbacks, it's not hopeless. There's, there's someone that can actually help us through our setbacks. And what we see in the story is that Jesus actually eventually arrived on the scene. See, Mary and Martha thought he was too late, but actually Jesus was right on time because Jesus timed his arrival at exactly the right moment. It looked bad. It looked as though things were terrible. It seemed as though things had gone from bad to worse. And it seemed as though Jesus had not been there when he needed to be there, but he was actually there at exactly the right time because Jesus showed up at the most critical moment. He showed up at the lowest moment. Why? Because the situation that was there in that, in that family was a situation, it was a setback that was also a setup because God had plans 
plans for that situation, a plan for a greater miracle. Can I ask you a question? What is a greater miracle, a healing or a resurrection? What has the greatest possibility for testimony? What has the greatest impact upon, Jesus, upon people? Would it be a healing or would it be a, a resurrection? So Jesus is preparing for his own resurrection and in so doing, he wants to point people to the fact that not only is he a healer, but he's the one that is the resurrection and the life. This setback was actually set up for Jesus to demonstrate his power, to demonstrate his grace, to demonstrate his name, his nature, his help there in that situation. In the deepest moments of your pain, in the deepest times of your setbacks in life, you need to look around for Jesus because I promise he's gonna be there. Expect his arrival, his help is gonna be there at the right moment. It may not feel like he's there when you want him there, but I promise you he's there at the right moment. Your setback is always a setup for something. We have setbacks, they're very real. But when we're following Christ, when we have a relationship with Him, in the midst of whatever setback we're in, even though our timing might be different, that setback is a setup because God is about to do something incredible in our lives. And here's my third point today. The third thing I want you to realize is that every setback is a setup for a miracle. Comebacks are possible. Comebacks are possible. Because help is available, comebacks are possible for our lives. Everybody believes in setbacks. If I were to ask you today, do you believe that setbacks can happen in your life? And I think all of us having gone, lived any length of time would say, yeah, I've seen some setbacks. I believe that setbacks happen. I believe in setbacks, but very few people believe in comebacks. And what I wanna move you toward today is not just a belief in setbacks. I wanna move you to a belief in comebacks. Setbacks are natural. Comebacks are supernatural. I'll say that again. Setbacks are natural. Everybody experiences them, but comebacks are supernatural. And I'll tell you why. Because comebacks are possible because Jesus is the comeback. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus doesn't just create comebacks. Jesus is the comeback. That's why he said, this is who I am. I am the resurrection and the life. In him, in Jesus, there's always comeback. Every setback that is brought to Jesus becomes a comeback. You know, if I were to ask you to take a piece of cloth and put it in water and tell you to make sure that when you put the piece of cloth in the water, that the cloth doesn't get wet. You say, how do I do that? There's no, no way that I can put cloth into water and it not come out wet. Why? Because the water is going to overwhelm the cloth and there's going to be, you'll, you'll bring out, whatever you try to do, you'll bring out something that's wet. And the same is true with Jesus. You can't put a setback into Jesus without there being a comeback because he is the, he, when you and I immerse our setbacks into relationship with Jesus, by nature, by, by reality, there's going to be a comeback because that is who he is. And when Mary and Martha brought their setback into the presence of Jesus, the only thing possible was a comeback. Why? Because Jesus is comeback. That is one of his names. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What is a resurrection? If I ask you to define resurrection as someone that comes back from the dead. That's what a resurrection is. A resurrection by its very nature is a comeback. How do we know that Jesus is a comeback? Let me give you now the story moving from Lazarus for a moment over into what happened with Jesus as we see this story unfolding in his death and in his resurrection. On that Good Friday, actually starting on that Thursday evening before Good Friday, there was this moment when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's betrayed by Judas and he faces the pain of that betrayal. He's beaten by, by the guards that are around him. He's bruised, he's mocked, he's falsely accused. All kind of accusations come against him. He's actually even denied by Peter and he's deserted by all of his disciples. 
He ends up on Friday being crucified on the cross in a humiliating kind of an event on the cross. He dies and he's wrapped in grave clothes. He's placed in a tomb in a burial place and that tomb was sealed and that tomb was guarded so that no one could get there. And actually during that time, people, there were people that were actually celebrating his death. They thought, my goodness, we've finally gotten rid of this guy who is claiming to, to be the Messiah. The Pharisees were certainly celebrating the death of Jesus. They were happy that they'd gotten this guy out of the way that was threatening their religious power and their religious influence. And so everybody thought this is good. At least all the religious leaders thought that this was a great thing that had happened. And so they're celebrating something while others, the disciples of Jesus, are realizing what a setback we've had. Think about where they were coming from for three, three and a half years. They'd spent that time with Jesus during his ministry and now he's gone. And you can just imagine the setback they felt. This is over with. What's going to happen now? What will we do? We've given three, three and a half years of our life to follow this, this, this one who's claimed to be Messiah and Savior. What's happening with my life now? What will transpire? And so while some were celebrating, others were grieving over what appeared to be a terrible setback. But what they didn't realize is this. You can't kill a comeback. It's impossible to kill a comeback. Jesus' setback was a setup for a comeback. And through his setback, he did something the devil didn't expect. See, the devil had worked to bring him to death. The devil had worked to try to take his life from him. But although the devil couldn't take his life, Jesus gave up his life. And notice what transpires in Matthew chapter 28. This is the great resurrection passage that I want you to be aware of today. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 1. After the Sabbath, that's that Saturday, so we have Good Friday, all these terrible things that seem to happen on Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus and all that transpired, putting in the grave, closing the, closing the grave with a, with, a, with, a, with a stone, and then the guards are around it. Now we go to Saturday, Sabbath, and now this is a day of mourning for some and a day of celebration for others, but it's a Saturday, that Sabbath day. And then on, on Sunday morning, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, that's that Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. So they all go to where Jesus had been buried. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were, were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. Notice that again. Come here, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. What happened there in that, that, that moment is Mary and the other Mary, two Marys go to the tomb and they're looking for Jesus. The Bible says they wanted to anoint his body again and be aware of celebrating him and, uh, and being there in that moment of grief where the tomb was. And the Bible says that when they arrived there, there was an angel. The angel had rolled the stone away and the guards were all frightened and concerned. And, and the angel says to these two Marys, don't be afraid. Look and see. He's not here any longer. He has risen from the grave. Go tell his disciples in Galilee that he has risen from the grave. What I want you to see there is that while Jesus, going back to the story of Lazarus, he had shown up on the scene with Lazarus and, and that setback had been a setup for a comeback. Lazarus was raised from the dead. He came back to life again as a great testimony. And he said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so when they put him in the tomb, death could not hold him. Why? Because Jesus is the comeback. You cannot kill a comeback. 
You cannot destroy a comeback. Life was in him. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I want you to know today that Jesus can bring you back. The same Jesus that rose Lazarus from the grave and that by his own power, the power of God and the Holy Spirit at work in him raised Jesus from the dead. The same could happen to you. You can experience comebacks in your life right now. You can experience a comeback from lostness. Maybe you feel as though you've been lost and sort of drifting around in life. Jesus can bring you back. Maybe you've gone through a failure. and You feel like there's no hope for your future. I'm not sure what my life will be like now. Jesus can bring you back from a failure. Maybe you've done something foolish. You've had a foolish experience in your life, a foolish decision you made, and your life is suffering for the foolishness of your life. And I want you to know that Jesus can bring you back from foolish decisions you've made. He's the comeback. Maybe there's been that disappointment that you've gone through and you wonder, will there ever be any hope for me in the future? Is there anything that I can look forward to in my life? And I want you to know today that the same Jesus that raised Lazarus from the grave and the one that came out of the grave, he can bring you back from your, your disappointments. Whatever's disappointed you and left you hopeless. Today you can come back from your pain. A lot of folks are carrying tremendous pain on the inside of them and that pain weighs them down and burdens them tremendously and keeps them from their best functioning and Jesus can bring you back from your pain. He can bring you back from your doubts. He can bring you back from your deadness and he can bring you back from your decay. So it's important to realize that not only in the story of Lazarus was he not only dead, but he was also decayed. His life had deteriorated. And Jesus, as the comeback one, as the resurrection of the life, brought him back from the dead and brought him back from decay. When you're in Christ, listen to me, when you are in Christ, you are in comeback. You cannot be in Christ without being in comeback. When you're in Christ, believing in Him and walking in Him and abiding in Him, you can't help but come back because He is the comeback. He is the resurrection and He is the life. Resurrection is all about comeback. What I want to conclude with today is this. I want to conclude on this Easter Sunday as we're all in our homes thinking about Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. I want to encourage you, don't stay in the tomb. Don't stay in the tomb. Don't let anyone try to keep you in your tomb. And don't be someone that tries to keep other people in their tomb. Realize that God raised Jesus from the dead so that you, not only did Jesus come out of the tomb, but you can come out of your tomb as well. Whatever your tomb is, whatever is holding you captive, the same Jesus that raised Lazarus, the same Jesus who rose from the grave himself, he's the comeback one. Do not live in your tomb any longer because Jesus is your comeback. He is the one that brings resurrection life to you. Would you join me together as we pray? Father, we're so very grateful today for the opportunity that we have to celebrate Easter. We're reminded of your great resurrection power, not that just, just you demonstrate resurrection power, but you are resurrection, you are life. And thank you that in our lives where we experience setbacks, Lord, that every setback that we experience can actually, be, actually become a setup for you to show up in our world and show up to help us in a very real way and to actually bring a comeback for us because you are that comeback one. And I pray for people today that are in the midst of some kind of setback in their life. Maybe they've lost hope or they're facing emotional pain or they've wandered away from you, whatever it might be. I pray that today in the name of Jesus, they would find themselves making the choice to say, Jesus, I'm coming out of my tomb today through your power and through your grace. I'm not going to live in this any longer because you are my comeback. I thank you for miracles happening in people's lives. I thank you for turnarounds happening in people today. I thank you that this is going to be looked back upon this Easter Sunday on 2020. This is going to be a time that we look back and say, that was my day of a comeback, a choice that I'm coming back with God in my life. Lord, seal this work in our heart by your precious Holy Spirit. And for that, we thank you in Jesus' name. 
I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.